I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. Of the Rad Adventures Network. And this is... Super Secret Spies. first episode of Super Secret Spies, where we'll be talking about some of our favorite espionage TV shows, movies, and books. The episodes in this series will be short summary-level discussions where we'll tell you what a title is about, who the main characters are, where it is set, when it was released, why we like it, and how we first discovered it. This is another favorite genre of ours, and over the course of this show, we hope to talk about some of our all-time favorite characters, films, and TV shows. Upcoming episodes will feature The Wild Wild West. La Femme Nikita. The Prisoner. Danger Man. Mission Impossible. The Saint. The Man from Uncle. Chuck. I Spy. Scarecrow and Mrs. King. The Books and Films of John Le Carre. The Jason Bourne Movies. The Books and Films of Frederick Forsythe. The James Bond Series. And even fun comedies like Get Smart. And animated shows like Johnny Quest. Super Secret Spies is part of the Rad Adventures Network. If you enjoy the show, please consider checking out our other podcasts that are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Trekker Talk is a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of the sci-fi comic Trekker by writer and artist Ron Randall. Warlord Worlds is a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of writer and artist Mike Grell, including the Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. And Xenozoic Xenophiles covers the series Xenozoic Tales by writer and artist Mark Schultz, featuring Cadillacs and dinosaurs. But now it's time to talk about some super secret spies, right after this promo from another podcast you may enjoy. Hi, this is Batman. Whenever I lose my memory, I head over to the BatmanUniverse.net and check out the podcast Bat Books for Beginners. The Bat Books for Beginners podcast breaks down and analyzes all of my adventures so I can remember how to get to the Batcave, which Robin I'm working with, and where I parked the Batmobile. Chris and Jerry, the hosts of Bat Books for Beginners, are honest about how well I'm serving the citizens of Gotham. Sometimes too honest, I'll have to talk to them about that. If you wake up one morning and think you might be Batman and have just lost your memories, go over to the BatmanUniverse.net or iTunes, and check out Bat Books for Beginners. Now, if I could just figure out who this old man cleaning the Batcave is, that would be great. I asked my friend Scott Snyder, and he didn't know. Don't be a supervillain. Visit the BatmanUniverse.net and listen to Bat Books for Beginners, also on iTunes. You'll be glad you did. Bat Books for Beginners is part of the BatmanUniverse.net Bat Family of Podcasts. Don't listen to Bat Books for Beginners when operating heavy machinery or juggling. If you listen to Bat Books for Beginners for more than four hours, call your doctor. Bat Books for Beginners is part of a balanced diet. There is no way to start a podcast about our favorite super-secret spies without starting with The Avengers. However, this isn't the group of superheroes you might be thinking of. 
The Avengers is a British espionage television series that first premiered in January 1961, more than two years before the comic of the same name. The original series ran for six seasons between 1961 and 1969 and returned for two more seasons in the late 1970s and a movie in the late 1990s. The series follows the adventures of secret agent John Steed and the various partners he has over the course of the series. The show is filled with great action, witty humor, hints of science fiction, and several strong female characters. The series still ranks today as one of the top cult TV shows ever made. The idea for The Avengers was originally created by Sidney Newman, who also created Doctor Who. He never received on-screen credit, but he never sought credit, saying that he felt the series evolved far beyond his original concept. Brian Clemens, who served as head writer from the beginning and later as producer and writer, is generally credited as the guiding force for the series, along with producer Albert Fennell. The first season of the series premiered on ITV on January 7, 1961, and focused on the character of Dr. David Keel, who was played by Ian Hendry. Ian Hendry was already well known in the UK, having starred in an earlier series titled Police Surgeon. His partner throughout the first season was John Steed, played by Patrick McNee, who was a traditional undercover agent dressed in an expected trench coat. The episodes from the first season were generally straightforward suspense dramas, concerning murder and intrigue, and as the season progressed, the character of John Steed became more prominent. The episodes were broadcast live, and the recordings of most of the episodes were discarded after broadcast. Today, only three and a half of the episodes from the first season survive. When Ian Henry decided not to return for the second season, the producers decided to take a completely different approach with the series. They elevated the character of John Steed to the lead and decided to partner him with an independent and strong-willed female colleague. The producers also gave actor Patrick McNee the freedom to redefine his character, and during the first few episodes of the second season, you see John Steed take on the characteristics that would define the character for decades to come. Fashionable suits, a bowler hat, and an umbrella, all accompanied by impeccable manners, a winning smile, and a sarcastic wit. John Steed's new partner was Dr. Kathy Gell, an anthropologist with a sharp tongue who was skilled in judo and was played by Honor Blackman. She was not the traditional lady in distress who needed to be rescued. She could take care of herself. At the time, there had never been a progressive female character like that on British TV. The change in format was a huge success, and Patrick McNee and Honor Blackman became stars, and their characters became household names. The second season also occasionally featured the character of nightclub singer Venus Smith, played by actress Julie Stevens, who helped out John Steed in a few episodes when actress Honor Blackman wasn't available. Venus Smith had a fun and playful spirit and was always excited to be involved in an adventure. The series became so popular that by the third season, Patrick McNee and Honor Blackman had recorded a hit novelty song titled Kinky Boots. Designer clothes based on the show were being sold in stores, and a theatrical movie was being planned. However, at the end of season three, Honor Blackman decided to leave the series to star in Goldfinger, the third James Bond film, which brought plans for an Avengers movie to a halt. The producers needed to focus on finding a new partner for John Steed. Replacing Honor Blackman was a daunting task in and of itself. However, the producers had also just sold the series to the ABC TV network in the U.S. The Honor Blackman episodes couldn't be shown in the U.S. because they were recorded on videotape, and the difference in the videotape formats between the U.S. and the U.K. made it cost prohibitive to convert the programs at that time. The Honor Blackman episodes wouldn't be shown in the U.S. until more than 20 years later, when they were finally broadcast by A&E. This all meant the fourth season would be shot on film, which would increase costs while also featuring a brand new partner for John Steed. A lot was on the line. 
In a brainstorming session, the producers knew they wanted a new character with sex appeal, which they also described as man appeal. Then they shortened the word man to just the letter M and came up with the name M Appeal. Feeling they had the perfect name for the character, they now needed an actress and auditioned more than 60 women before choosing Elizabeth Shepard. Production began but was halted halfway through the second episode as the producers realized the chemistry between her and Patrick McNee didn't seem to work. More than 20 additional actresses were auditioned before the producers and casting director happened to see unknown actress Diana Rigg in a guest spot on TV. She was brought in for an audition and immediately clicked with Patrick McNee and was cast in the role, and all of the scenes featuring Elizabeth Shepard in the first two episodes were refilmed. Emma Pill was again an independent and strong-willed character who knew karate and judo and could take care of herself. At the same time, the verbal banter between John Steed and his new partner quickly became even sharper than in the earlier seasons, and humor became a bigger part of the series. Steed would also occasionally contact his new partner with cleverly hidden written messages that would start with, Mrs. Pill, were needed, which became a catchphrase during the series. The use of film gave the producers greater flexibility, both when filming on sets and on location, and that flexibility led to greater freedom in their stories, which they expanded to include occasional light science fiction and fantasy elements. These changes led to the creation of a new subgenre of espionage programs known as Spy-Fi. The series took pleasure in parroting other shows in the genre, featuring episodes with titles like The Girl from Auntie and Mission Highly Improbable. The series quickly became even more popular than before. Besides the UK, it was a huge hit in the US and was airing in more than 90 countries around the world. Emma Pill's jumpsuits became known as the Emma Piller, and along with her fashionable mini coats, were sold in stores throughout the UK and Europe. However, just as Honor Blackman left the series after two seasons to appear in a James Bond film, Actress Diana Rigg would do the same. She left the series after season five to appear in the movie On Her Majesty's Secret Service, where she would become the only woman to truly win the heart of James Bond and marry the spy on film. Faced with having to replace their leading actress yet again, and with more influence coming from the ABC network in America, it was decided to replace the producers for the sixth season as well. Actress Linda Thorson was hired to play Tara King, who was a young agent just graduating to field work. Linda Thorson herself became confused at her casting. She was a voluptuous brunette, yet after being cast, she learned the producers wanted a thin blonde, so she was put on a strict diet and had to bleach her hair, which caused her hair to fall out, resulting in her having to wear wigs for several episodes until her hair grew back. Production was chaotic during the filming of the first three episodes, and during the fourth episode, the executives decided to fire the new producer and bring Brian Clemens and Albert Fennell back to the show. The two had a daunting task of having to rewrite four additional scripts that were already completed and waiting to be filmed, as well as rewriting and refilming some key scenes from the first four episodes to try to get the series back on track. Brian Clemens and Albert Fennell also convinced Diana Rigg to return to film a few scenes to create a transition episode to better introduce the character of Tara King. These early episodes were very inconsistent in tone, and it was decided to spread them out throughout the broadcast of the first half of the season. However, the production quickly got back in line and later episodes became more like the previous seasons. The ratings for season 6 continued to be very strong in the UK and throughout Europe, and Tara King became even more popular than Emma Pill in France. However, in the US, the ABC network chose to air the sixth season opposite Laugh-In, which was the number one show in America at the time. The sixth season was only planned to be 24 episodes long, and at the end of it, an additional seventh season was ordered in the UK, where the ratings were still high. 
However, when the ABC network in the U.S. decided not to purchase an additional season, that seventh season was shortened to only eight episodes, which were then broadcast immediately following the sixth season. So technically the series is seven seasons long, though generally the sixth season is now considered to be 32 episodes, instead of a 24-episode sixth season followed by an eight-episode seventh season. However, the series was far from over, and reruns continued to air around the world during the early and mid-1970s. This continued popularity led to a revival series called The New Avengers in 1976, again using the title before the comic of the same name. Patrick McNee was back as John Steed, and since he was a little older, he now had two partners and served as their leader and mentor. Gareth Hunt, who was known for the series Upstairs Downstairs, played Mike Gambit, who was a roguish agent and a trained marksman who drove fast cars. Joanna Lumley played Purdy, who was trained in the martial arts and was named for the well-known line of rifles in the UK. Joanna Lumley would later star in the sci-fi series Sapphire and Still, and then became an international star in the hit comedy Absolutely Fabulous. Producers Brian Clemens and Albert Fennell were back, along with longtime writers Dennis Spooner and Terence Feely, and the show immediately recaptured the feel of the earlier series. The first 13-episode season was very successful and led to a second season of 13 episodes in 1977. The series aired in more than 120 countries, including America, where the CBS network aired the show on Friday nights at 11.30. CBS did not expect the show to be a success in the U.S., but was surprised by the very strong ratings. The series ended after only two seasons because the producers were also working on the series The Professionals, which was taking up more of their time. However, the popularity of the series led to attempts to revive the show with the title The Avengers International, which would feature all three members of the cast from the new Avengers in stories taking place around the globe. Negotiations were held throughout 1979 and 1980 and included financial backing from the CBS network in America, where the show was still performing well in late-night reruns. But sadly, no deal was ever signed. A further attempt to revive the series came in 1994, when the series was first released on videotape to very strong sales. But again, no deal was ever signed. The series had many crossovers with the James Bond films. Besides Honor Blackman and Diana Rigg leaving the show to star in Bond films, Joanna Lumley also had a small role in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And Patrick McNee himself would later appear in A View to a Kill, alongside Roger Moore as James Bond. The Avengers finally made it to the big screen in 1998 with Wraith Fiennes as John Steed and Uma Thurman as Emma Pill, and featured Patrick McNee in a cameo role. And here we got two more James Bond crossovers. James Bond himself, Sean Connery, played villain Sir August de Winter, and Wraith Fiennes, who was John Steed in the movie, would later play Elm in the Daniel Craig James Bond films. The movie was not well received, and while we agree it has many shortcomings, it's still worth watching if you're a fan of the series. The music for the series was always popular. The theme used during the first three seasons was written by well-known jazz composer John Dankworth. The theme for the fourth, fifth, and sixth seasons was written by Laurie Johnson, who composed dozens of film and TV scores during his career. Johnson wrote all of the music for both the fourth and fifth seasons, and then chose his longtime keyboard player Howard Blake as the composer for the sixth season. Blake has also had a distinguished career, writing several film and TV scores, as well as compositions for the Royal Shakespeare Company. And then Laurie Johnson later returned to write the theme for the new Avengers. The series has spawned many spin-offs in other media. A dozen novels were released throughout the 1960s that featured John Steed along with Kathy Gale, Emma Peel, and Tara King. 
Novels were also released during the run of the New Avengers, and additional novels have been written over the years, including the popular Too Many Targets, which featured John Steed along with all of his 1960s-era colleagues. And Patrick McNee himself wrote two well-regarded novels titled Deadline and Dead Duck. Comic strips were serialized in the UK in the 1960s, featuring John Steed with Kathy Gale and later Emma Pill. And even though the series originally used both the Avengers and the New Avengers titles before Marvel, complicated rights issues have prevented comics in the U.S. from using the title. A well-received comic miniseries was published by Eclipse in the U.S. in the 1990s using the title Steed and Mrs. Pill. And in recent years, Boom Studios has used that same title for an excellent series of comics. And recently, there was a fun series titled Batman 66 meets Steed and Mrs. Peel from DC Comics that featured the Adam West-era Batman in a story with the Avengers. You can hear Chris of Bat Books for Beginners talk about that series on Stella's great podcast, Batgirl to Oracle. The Avengers has also been on stage in a play produced in London in the early 1970s from series writers Brian Clemens and Terence Feely. And fans have been treated to a terrific series of new audio episodes in recent years from the UK company Big Finish. Big Finish is well known for their Doctor Who audio adventures that feature the cast of the original classic series, as well as audio episodes of many other excellent shows, including The Prisoner, Sapphire and Steel, Blake Seven, Torchwood, Dark Shadows, Captain Scarlet, and Sherlock Holmes. Big Finish has adapted the original scripts from the lost episodes of the first season into a series of audio episodes. Following the success of that series, Big Finish then adapted eight stories from comics published in the UK in the 1960s featuring John Steed and Emma Peel. To accompany those wonderful audio episodes, Big Finish beautifully restored those comics and released them in a companion book along with the audios. And next in their Avengers lineup, Big Finish plans to adapt the well-regarded novel Too Many Targets by John Peel and Dave Rogers. I guess we should now take a moment and share how we first discovered the series. For me, The Avengers is another touchstone series like Star Trek and The Wild Wild West. I can't remember a time that I wasn't aware of the show. It was rarely rerun on weekday evenings in our area, but for a few years a local station would show the reruns on Sunday evenings, and I would always watch it. I love every iteration of the series in different ways. And I was aware of the show as a kid. It would be on TV, and it was distinct and recognizable, but I didn't watch it. However, it was shortly after we were married when A&E began airing the show, and I immediately fell in love with it. It was very nice that I was able to see all of the episodes with all of Steed's partners with Darren. If you're interested in learning more about the series, then there are some wonderful resources available. On the web, just go to theavengers.tv, where you'll find links to more than a half dozen great websites, including The Avengers Forever, Avengerland, The Avengers Artland, The Avengers Declassified, and The Avengers Illustrated. All are excellent, and we'll include links in our show notes. There are several great books by Dave Rogers, including The Complete Avengers, that covers every episode of the series, as well as The Avengers, The Inside Story, and The Avengers and Me, both co-written with Patrick McNee. Another excellent book is The Avengers Location Guidebook, which is a fabulous resource about filming locations from both The Avengers and The New Avengers. When visiting the UK in the past, we've used that book to visit the flats used in the series for John Steed, Emma Peel, Tara King, and Purdy. And we've also visited the beautiful village of Aldbury, which was used in the episodes Murdersville and Dead Man's Treasure. It's a lovely setting with a small pond in the center of the village that would be immediately recognizable to fans of the show. We've talked a little about the complicated nature of the show's title, and here's some more fun trivia about the title. Some international broadcasts of the series have used a descriptive subtitle for the series. Two of our favorites are Bowler Hat and Leather from France and With Umbrella, Charm, and Bowler from Germany. 
which was later used as a title for an excellent fan club magazine about the series that we subscribed to. And now, I have to talk about one of the most amazing gifts I've ever received. Ruth surprised me with a trip to the UK in 2011 to attend the Avengers 50th Anniversary Celebration. Honor Blackman and Linda Thorson attended, as well as writer and producer Brian Clemens, along with composer Howard Blake, Julie Stevens, and Elizabeth Shepard were also there, plus stunt coordinator Ray Austin and stuntwoman Sid Child, who doubled for both Diana Rigg and Linda Thorson. And there were wonderful opportunities for autographs and photographs with all of them during the weekend. They were all so kind to the fans and made the weekend truly spectacular. Sadly, Patrick McNee was not able to attend due to his health, but he sent a recorded video message that was played one evening. He talked about his lovely co-stars and how lucky he was to be friends with all of them. And Joanna Lumley could not attend due to her work schedule, but she also sent a touching video recording talking about how much she enjoyed working on the series and how important it was to her career. An orchestra played an amazing concert of music from the series one evening, and there were discussion panels throughout the weekend, and several props and costumes from the series were on display. A giant chessboard was set up on the grounds, just like the one from the opening credits of the Diana Rigg episodes, and they had a large double-decker bus like the one used in the Tara King episodes. And we were also lucky to become friends with several other Avengers fans at the event, including Paul, Joris, and Charlie, and we've remained in touch with all of them ever since. The University of Chichester hosted the celebration and has several videos from the event available online. We'll include links in our show notes. It was a truly magical weekend, and I will never be able to thank Ruth enough for finding out about the event and arranging it for us. Thank you, Ruth. Oh, you're very welcome. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation and sincerely thank you for listening. We'll be right back with our wrap-up and contact information. Sawate. My name is Stella, and I am the host of Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Backroll to Oracle is a podcast dedicated to Barbara Gordon, the first woman to hold the mantle of Backroll for an extended period of time, roughly 1967 to 1988. The goal of Backroll to Oracle is to examine the character's history from her first appearance as Backroll and continuing through her tenure as Oracle. Each episode looks at a vintage issue of Detective Comics or Batman, as well as other books like Justice League and Freedom Fighters, and modern issues of Batgirl and Birds of Prey. I also keep track of news involving Batgirl and other members of the Bat family, and I have a revolving series of segments like Babs in the Tube, which highlights appearances of Babs in TV and film, Shipper Spalai, which looks at a variety of comic and pop culture couples, gives their history, and determines whether they are hot or not, Reading with Stella, which could be described as an audio drama, or just me reading a book that relates to Babs or doesn't, and of course, the mainstay literature recommendation. I have been blessed to interview writers Scott Beatty and Chuck Dixon on their Backroll Year One work, Brian Q. Miller on his Backroll run, Dwayne Swarzynski and Christy Marks on their separate Birds of Prey work, and the creators and actors of the Backroll Spoiled, the web series. I hope to interview more creators and actors in the future. My goal, most importantly, is to make a fun, entertaining, and thoughtful show that people enjoy and from which they learn. Find the show online at thebatmanuniverse.net and iTunes, and follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Backroll to Oracle. Thank you and fly on, Babs lovers. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. You can write to us directly at radadventuresnetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under the name Rad Adventures Network. That's Rad, R A D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. You can listen to the show through iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. 
You can even find the show on YouTube under Rad Adventures Network. And you can always visit RadAdventuresNetwork.com, where you'll find all of the episodes of all of our podcasts, including our main shows, Trek or Talk, Warlord Worlds, and Xenozoic Xenophiles, as well as our other podcasts, including Sensational Sleuths and Fantastic Fantasies. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. While you won't find a specific place to review Super Secret Spies, we hope you'll leave a review under Rad Adventures Network. Every review helps the podcast be more likely to show up in search results. And on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel and give us some likes on the videos. Thanks for listening, and we hope you come back next time for another new episode of Super Secret Spies. Rad Adventures Network is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. For more information, please visit comicspodcast.com. The theme music is Impossible Mission and is licensed from Pond5.com. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended.